Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Susan Berger would not have become a journalist if she hadn't been diagnosed with breast cancer. She writes for a number of different outlets, including the Washington Post and the Chicago Tribune. Might I say she's also a listener of this program. That's never a bad thing. Susan, thank you for so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. I knew nothing of the subject matter that you and I are about to get into until you wrote about it for the New York Times on August 17. P-A-L-B-2. I mean, there's a whole world of acronyms here, B-R-C-A, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where shall we begin? Well, um, the BRCA gene is is very well known. It, it became well known by Angelina Jolie, who, you know, very publicly disclosed that she had the gene and breast cancer in her family, went ahead and had a prophylactic mastectomy and had her ovaries removed. That was a while ago. So this this gene- and I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor. I was tested for BRCA years ago, I think 2009, found that I didn't have it, thought, and I have three daughters, thought, that's great, I'm home free, that maybe my breast cancer was just a fluke. Um, and then this PAW-B2 that we're discussing today is a genetic mutation, which, believe it or not, was was discovered, well, it was discovered earlier than 2014, but it really became publicly known in 2014. And for me, um, I didn't learn about it until this past April when my oldest daughter, (laughs) during fertility testing, had a gene panel done and was, you know, was notified that she had this mutation and that it was a serious thing, and she called me pretty hysterical. Long story short... I was tested. Two of my daughters have it. I have it. Other family members have it. And I was, I guess, I was pretty much blown away that I didn't know. If here I was, a 24-year breast cancer survivor, in the last 15 years, I've done a lot of health reporting for the Washington Post. If I didn't know, I figured nobody knows. And the minute that it took four weeks for my test to come back to find out that I two had the genetic mutation, and I turned to my husband and said, I have to write about this. Well, geez, one of the thoughts that runs through my mind is if someone has a history of breast cancer and if this mutation has been known since 2014, and I know you're serious about following your health and seeing practitioners, wouldn't you think that someone would have flagged the possibility before now? 
Well, that, and that's exactly why I was so pleased that the New York Times took my pitch and we did the story and it's been so well received. But yes, I, you know, I really feel that this is a huge failure by the medical community. That, you know, why couldn't people who were tested prior to, to 2014 who either had breast cancer or breast cancer in the family, it's not just breast cancer. It's you have a higher risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and pancreatic cancer. So why couldn't those names have been spit out of a computer and people notified? Um, That was what I was having such a problem with. So when my story pretty much went viral, um, it's gotten so much play with the Today Show and Nightly News, and I've heard from doctors. I've heard from actually my oncologist the day it came out told me his inbox was flooded with, with requests to get tested. So... I'm, I'm real pleased about that. But, it, yeah, I mean, why why did people not know? Not, not one of my doctors, not my oncologist, my internist, the genetic people, um, my gynecologist. Nobody said, you know, you should be tested again. You quote in your Times story, Dr. Peter, is it pronounced Hulick? Hulick, yeah. Hulick, the medical director of the Mark Neiman Center for Personalized Medicine at North Shore University Health System in Evanston, Illinois, Evanston, Illinois, as saying, the risk of developing breast cancer was 40% to 60% greater among women with the PALB2 mutation similar to the risk from BRCA. Pretty serious. Very serious. And, and it's funny because the sun and moon aligned as I was writing the story. Dr. Hulick sent me, um, it was a paper written by a group of genetic scientists who in May wrote a very... Um, Ed quoted in my story, actually. One of the doctors said, this is like BRCA3, which is a huge, you know, that's a huge thing. So it was the first time that, you know, these genetic people put together this warning saying people who have this mutation should have surveillance much like people who have BRCA. So who listening, I feel like we, we've just sent a lightning bolt through the, the Sirius XM POTUS audience and people are now, women in particular, paying attention to this conversation. Who needs to be on alert and what must they do? I think, well, actually, it's not, it's not just women because men, men can get breast cancer who have the Paul B2 mutation. It's not as common, but they can. And, and the pancreatic cancer is also a risk, but... but I think anyone who was tested before 2014 should call their doctor and say, I want another genetic test. Um, And anyone who has breast cancer, particularly a prevalence of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, or pancreatic cancer in their family, may have that genetic mutation, um, and they should all get, get tested. I would think it should be the standard of care, right, for practitioners to make sure that women in your circumstance and maybe the men that you just described are now tested for the PALB2? Yes. And I think I think most of the cancer panels now that are doing genetic testing include the PALB2 with the BRCA. That's, that, it is pretty much standard of care now. But who's fallen through the cracks are people like me. And, you know, I have two young daughters who, I mean... I'm plan- I, I had my ovaries and tubes removed in July because I, I, I didn't really sit on this. I went and did that. And I'm planning a prophylactic mastectomy. My girls are eventually, too. Wow. And, and here's stuff. the thing. When I interviewed, there's a Facebook group called Paul B2 Warriors. There's 1,400 members. I interview- that's where I got people to interview for my story. 
when I talked to them, so many of them um, were being surveilled, as they were told. You know, with, they, they recommend that you get an MRI and a mammogram every six months if you have the pelvic tube mutation. Well, several of the people I talked to, and I talked to the doctors who said it's not that uncommon, who were just just checked with MRIs and mammograms, went ahead, had a prophylactic mastectomy, and they found early-stage breast cancer. So what I was most upset about, it was particularly because I'm the mother of three girls, thankfully one of my three does not have it, but I thought to myself, you know, in the last seven years, what if one of my girls had breast cancer? And here's the other thing that made me, I came to the conclusion to get, I mean, I'm 24 years cancer-free. People said, well, why are you going to go ahead and do this mastectomy? So I asked a lot of questions, and I talked to a lot of doctors, and there were like three reasons. One was I took tamoxifen for almost 10 years, or 10 years, and I asked my oncologist, would that still protect me? And he said, it probably stopped protecting you about nine years ago. That's hmm. number one. Number two, I asked if I, Paul B2 is, is um, correlated with, estrogen-negative breast cancer, which is much more difficult to treat. My breast cancer was estrogen-positive, and I had chemotherapy and lumpectomy, and I'm, I'm knock on wood, I've been fine. But I asked the question, if I did have a recurrence, could it be estrogen-negative? And they said yes. So that was the other thing. And then the third reason was is the fact that MRIs can miss cancer. So even if you're surveilled every six months, um, they can miss it. So it's a very personal decision. A lot of people are going to be perfectly fine just getting surveillance surveillance with, you know, mammograms and MRIs every six months. Um, for me, because, I mean, this is just, I, I don't want to, I don't want the anxiety for the rest of my life to worry about it. So one of your daughters, one of your three daughters does not have it. How are the other two doing? The other two are doing well. Um, my daughter, who's going through fertility testing, is really her focus is trying to get pregnant right sure. now. So she's trying not to think about this till that happens, hopefully. And my middle daughter, um, Annie, is she is so on board. I'm real proud of her. She is ready to go. I mean, she's a preschool teacher, so she's thinking maybe you know during Christmas break or something. But she is she's not hesitating at all. She. She knows that she doesn't want to live with this for the rest of her life, having to worry about it. The face, the Facebook group is called Palby Two Warriors. Is that is that a group to whom you would send people who want more information? Well, yes, but they have they will only take you if you test positive. So it's a very it's a private group. It, it, it's fantastic, um, and I quote some of the women in my story in the New York Times and. Basically, they, they really share their stories, and not just about getting diagnosed and stuff, but also the, the little, the, all the nuances of, like, getting through surgery and the best things to wear and what to expect pain-wise and, you know, how to deal with young children if you're a young mom and you're going through this. And it's just, it's a really supportive, fantastic group. And the administrator of the group, I disclosed that I was a reporter, that I, but I also had the Paul B2 mutation. I wanted to write about it, and they let me in. And we've been in touch, the administrator of the group, and she told me they have had many, many people join since my story in the New York Times. And then the Today Show picked it up, and then Lester Holt did something on Nightly News, which completely blew me away because I had no clue that was coming. Susan, uh, wipe the slate clean. 
sum up for people who have just tuned in? You are Susan Berger. You are a freelance journalist in Chicago. You write for the Washington Post and Chicago Tribune, among other places. What is it you want people to know today? Um, I want them to know that this Paul B2 genetic mutation is out there. It is if if you go and you have if you have breast cancer, ovarian cancer, pancreatic cancer in your family, go get tested. It takes about it's a blood test or a saliva test. You need to meet with a genetic counselor first before they'll prescribe the test for you. Um, many of them will do it by telemed. It's not even you don't even have to go see somebody. Um, get tested. It takes about four weeks to get the results and. One of the best things Dr. Hulick said to me in my interview, and here I was interviewing him, having just been diagnosed, and he said to me, genetics is not destiny. And I said to him, I think I need that. I need a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> but um, because, it, and here's the thing, I mean, it's not, you may not, have the, you may not have the mutation, but if you do, to me, it's a heads up because you can do something preventatively and possibly save your life. What a good message. Thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. We wish you Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Susan Berger. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.